0: A church experience online. We're so happy you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you would like to access helpful Growth Steps resources, join a serving team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our Church Experience original worship songs, and we hope that gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online.
1: Well, the down zipper video was not how I wanted to be remembered. I, I, I had higher aspirations, you know. You know, I, I had another unfortunate uh, happening here in our time at Countryside High School. One morning I showed up and we were setting up and we had these amazing faithful childcare workers that watch our kids before the first service while we all set up. And one day, they just couldn't make it, and it was kind of last minute. And so uh, I I volunteered, and I said, guys, I'll watch the kids, right? I'll I'll watch the kids. There's like 20 of them. I'll watch them while you guys set up. So I thought, I I can do this. And I'm watching the kids. I'm seeing all the energy they have. They're they're bouncing around. I'm like, what can I do? like, guys, let's set up together. So I I recruited some of the older ones, and we started setting up the, the pipe and drape walls together out in the concourse, and it was going pretty good, but then I realized I was in a little bit over my head with so many kids and so much going on. I'm like, what am I going to do? And I saw a box sitting out that was filled with some Skittles that they were saving for special prizes. And I'm like, I've, I got to reward these kids for helping out. And so I took these Skittles and I started handing them out like it was Halloween, man. I, like, I was just throwing them to every kid and they were eating all this candy. Didn't even think about the consequences later for all the the volunteers in the kids' classes, but all day long they came back to me and said, Brandon, that was a horrible idea. These kids are bouncing off the wall. So thank you. Thank you for feeding them Skittles for breakfast. That was awesome. So we have have some great memories. You know, I I told my boys this week, i was like, you know, when we started, uh, you know, we could fit the whole church in our car. And now we're in three services at a high school and an auditorium. And, I mean, it's just been crazy to see all that God's done, the life change that's happened. So many stories of people being impacted. And many of you in this room, your your life has been touched and changed. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for this time we've had uh, here together. But, you know, I want to jump in today's teaching because I believe this is going to be another, uh, one of those messages that God wants to use to really uh, do soul surgery in, in each of our lives. And we began this teaching series last Sunday, and talking about unfollowing the things that are keeping us from following Jesus. And we all filled out cards that we uh, left um, here at buckets at the front um, after each service. And we dropped those cards in and, and we wrote on the cards things that we personally want to unfollow. And I took those anonymous cards and I laid the dozens and dozens of cards out this week. And I, I prayerfully just said, God, you know, what, what do you want me to teach on? And I tried to put them in categories. And it blew me away. Uh, all the, the issues that we are collectively trying to unfollow so that we can follow Jesus. And man, we got, we got a lot to accomplish in these weeks ahead. It's gonna be real, it's gonna be raw, it's gonna be exciting. I think God's gonna do some great things as we talk about the specific things that you said you want to unfollow. And I, I would begin today's message with a quote from John Foster, who's a British writer. He said, a man without decision of character can never be said to belong to himself. He belongs to whatever can make him captive and you know what you you are naturally uh, following things whether you realize it or not because you have a curious soul and and your soul is hungry you're thirsty for something for someone and and you're you're constantly following the things of this world and we all do this all the time And, and our attention is captured Constantly. In fact, one of the people wrote on a, on a card uh, last week and, and they literally wrote the thing they're trying to unfollow. They said everything. <laughs> I'm just trying to unfollow everything because there are so many things like, in, in life that just can draw my attention. But I, I want to zero in on, on one thing specifically this week that represents many of the cards that y'all turned in. And uh, one person uh, wrote on their card, uh, it made me kind of smile, but it really represents so many cards that were turned in. Uh, this person wrote, Candy Crush. <laughs> I want to unfollow Candy Crush. Like, and, and what I mean by that is there were so many that turned in cards that were media related. That we're having a hard time navigating how to follow Jesus and still be following so many things uh, media related. Let me just give you some examples of things you wrote on your cards that people wrote in the services throughout the day. So people said things like, I, I want to unfollow checking Facebook and Instagram throughout the day. Another person said, I want to unfollow being on my phone instead of being with my kids. Wow. I want to unfollow obsession with computer and time on social media. I want to unfollow time with tablet games, TV shows. Someone said online shopping through ads and apps, social media. Someone said binge watching shows, video games. One person said they want to unfollow news, uh, Instagram, YouTube time wasting, uh, time on my phone. And then this one I thought, well, this was really funny because if we're honest, we've all done this at some point in our life. Someone said, I want to unfollow searching Google for answers to my life. <laughs> but man, I mean, you know, there's so many things that, that, that people say, man, this is distracting me from really having my eyes on Jesus. And, you know, I would just like to say that, that I don't think the answer is to completely unfollow all technology All media revert to like decades ago before technology, before the internet and be like, okay, now I can really follow Jesus. I don't think that's the answer. I think technology is actually, media is actually neutral. It's a lot like money. You can do good things with money or you can do bad things with money. It's a neutral thing. It really depends on the person that's using it. And, and technology, I try to use media as much as I can as a ministry platform to make a difference, to encourage, to uplift, to, to bring God's word into people's lives more. And so I think it can be used as a tool for good, but also it can be a huge distraction. And it can pull you away from Jesus. And it can even shipwreck your faith. If you mishandle it. So I think it's a very important thing, but I don't just want to talk about media today. I think that would be a mistake because I think all the media related cards that were turned in had something in common with a lot of other cards. I think they had things in common with cards where someone wrote, you know, I I struggle drinking too much or I struggle with pornography or whatever it is. I I think there's a lot of things that, and we'll be able to tackle these issues, so many of them, a couple dozen different categories. We'll be able to tackle some of these throughout these weeks ahead. But I think a lot of these issues, they come back to a deeper systemic issue, a root issue that I believe is addressed in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. Have a look. It says, Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Written in an era where you would protect your city with a wall around it. Literally, it's saying like you're, your life is defenseless, your walls are broken down if you lack self-control. And everyone living in that era would have understood how dangerous it would be to live in a city whose walls are broken down, whose gates are, are not able to protect you. And if you lack self-control, this is a dangerous issue in your life because it, could, it really could ruin you. And a lot of people struggle with media, not because of media, but because there's an underlying lack of self-control. And there's so many other issues, and whatever the issue is you're trying to unfollow, it's possible that it's related to self-control. You know, it's scary to kind of think about what might be controlling us if it's not self. I mean, are we being driven by the whims of our emotions? By the opinions of culture? Is, Is it is it a feeling that's controlling us? Is it our friends and, and what they think? Is it fear? Is it worry that's driving us? See, something is controlling the decisions that you make. But the Bible says specifically that self-control is a byproduct of following Jesus. We call it like a fruit of the Spirit of God. It's, it's something that develops in our life over time as we follow him. And so self-control is so important. But some of us may be discouraged today because we're thinking, well, man, why do I struggle with self control so much? I hate living in this era of life because we have so many distractions. And, and surely, like people who lived hundreds of years ago, or maybe way back in Bible times, you know, a couple thousand years ago, maybe they, maybe they didn't struggle with this because, you know, it's just been so much easier to follow Jesus back then. You did not have to worry about self control. But I want to point out something to you that I hope is encouraging. The Apostle Paul. There's a great missionary for God, wrote a letter empowering and encouraging a younger man in the faith, a younger Christian leader named Titus. And he wrote in chapter two of Titus, and he and he says this to him that I hope it encourages you. He addresses different groups of people that Titus is going to be leading, and he and he and he speaks to him and he says, Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, there it is again, and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Verse 6, similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. And so let me just pause there. He's addressing the young men, the young women, the older women, the the older men in that culture and saying, here's how you need to follow Jesus in this culture and and in this way so that God's name is glorified. These are very important things. He hits on a number of things. But the one thing I noticed that he mentions in three out of four of those categories, he he says to the older men, the younger men and the younger women, he says, be self-controlled. Over and over again, he repeats it. So what that tells me, how that encourages me is that our self-control issue is not a 2018 issue. Our self-control issue is a human issue. So that means if you're struggling with self-control, you're normal. Does that make you feel a little bit better? Just breathe a little deeper. Whatever you wrote on your card, if it was self-control related, listen, the form of whatever you're having a hard time controlling might be new, but the issue of having self-control is not new itself. So that, that should encourage you a little bit. And and it's important that we get control. And and I also think the thing that this tells me is that the answer, the answer to our problem, if you said social media is a problem or the television is a problem or the games are a problem or, or my phone is a problem, the answer is not just to throw away all technology, to disconnect the internet and get rid of everything. And, you know, now for a season, for a time, some people might need to do that. If they find themselves addicted, they might need to draw stricter boundaries. But in general, the answer So this kind of problem is not just to completely forever separate yourself. Jesus said, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. So we know we're gonna be in the world and, and if we're being light and salt, we're gonna be, be connected to culture, we're gonna be in culture, we should influence culture, but you have to touch culture to, be, to influence it. You have to be in it, but not of it. So you should live differently, but just you're in it, right? So, so we have to figure out how to navigate it. It's not just separate ourselves and never, I'm never gonna watch television again, I'm never gonna watch a movie, I'm never gonna, I mean, that's, that's not, I don't think the answer for most people. It's very similar to how people, I wonder how many people in the Tampa Bay area have moved down to the Tampa Bay area Because they were on a vacation, and they were having a conflict back at home, wherever they came from, and their relationships were not going smooth, they were not going well, and they came down and said, man, this place is beautiful, I'm going to just move down here, and and what did they say, right, maybe you did this, I'm going to get away from all my problems (laughs) but then the crazy thing is like two years later they find out that all those problems just followed them it's new people now they're in conflict with it's not the same people but it wasn't a geographical problem it was a relationship problem or it was a character problem or it was a self-control problem right and so the 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 issue the the answer to the issues a lot of times that we're dealing with is deeper and it's not solved by just saying hey I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this anymore because then we'll just have the same self-control problem with different issues So, how can we address and grow in self-control, so that whatever it is that we're engaged in, working on, around, that we can handle in a way that honors Jesus and allows us to follow Him? What do we need to unfollow so that we can follow Him? You know, I think that if you sit down with a great Christian counselor or an advisor, I think they would tell you the first step. It's here in your lesson plan. It's in your notes. Is to identify the specific problem, so that you can target your prayers and your plans. Now, you, you have a hard time praying down a problem if you don't know what the problem is. You have a hard time making a plan of attack if you don't know what the problem is. So, so you figure out what that problem is so you can target your, your prayers and your plans. You can ask other people to hold you accountable. You can ask people uh, for advice. But you can't do a lot of those things until you know what the problem is. And maybe just it's encouraging to t- today to identify that the root issue of what your struggle is, what's holding you back, is not whatever you wrote on that card. It's not. The internet, it's not your phone, it's self-control. I and mean, that can bring motivation just to have a clear vision. You know, I've been thinking of all these memories of this space, of, you know, three and a half years now, of weekly worship services here, and uh, just so many fun memories. And I remember one Sunday I shared a, a clip from this great classic, like, war movie, A Gladiator. And I, and I played this clip in the service as an illustration. And I remember at the end of that day as we're loading these heavy carts onto the trucks at the end of the day. I noticed like some of the guys that were pushing up these heavy carts up the ramp like we do every week, they were this week, they were like grunting as they were doing it. They're like, oh, like chest bumping and high-fiving. Like there was just, a lot of testosterone was flowing. I'm just saying. And it was like, you could tell that they were motivated by what they saw by the vision, you know, of something this, come on, I step up, let's do something. Let's go into battle together. And sometimes, you know, we get greater motivation just by seeing just by seeing the vision of what we could be and, and what we need to tackle, what we need to address by identifying the problem. What's your problem? What do you need to unfollow so that you can more fully follow Jesus? It was former president Harry Truman who said, and, and reading the lives of, of, of great men, you know, great people, he said, I, I found that the first victory they won was over themselves. Self-discipline with all of them came first. Many of us are praying for God to do great things in our life, in our family, our marriage, our future, our career. You're praying these great audacious prayers which you should keep praying. But perhaps one of the things that's holding you back from seeing God do greater things through you is that that he wants to do something greater inside of you and deeper within you and in your character and your self-control. But media can be a problem, and I think that's why a lot of people wrote it on their cards. It was a big category. Of all the cards turning. that was, was one of the bigger categories. And, you know, God does speak to this. Long before the Internet was even around, God, of course, knew that was going to come, but he, he wrote words that were really timeless about a filter that you and I should have when it comes to what we allow in front of our eyes and what we allow in our minds. And it's so clear in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He writes, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So that's our filter. Whatever is right and whatever is pure and whatever is noble, whatever is good. I mean, this is what we should think about. These are the kind of things we should allow into our minds. Is your filter working? When it comes to media, what you allow, what you click on, what you type in, what you turn on. I mean, is, is, that, is that God honoring? It, it, would, would your filter line up with God's filter? We know what God's filter is. He put it in his word for us. What, what's your filter look like? Does it match? How good is your filter working? And, and, and when's the last time you, you gave it a little check? Because I've found that over time, our filters progressively decrease. Uh, over, over time, uh, they become less effective because we start to make little compromises, right? Well, just this time. <laughs> and then there's the next time, right? And over time, and so I think that, that periodically we need to kind of update our filter, make sure that it's still working. How, how do you know if a filter is working? How do you know if a filter is working? Well, I have here two very identical filters that have only one thing uh, differentiating them and that's this filter has been used and it's got a collection of dust and dirt and if you were to come look up close at it you would see all the dust and the dirt in it and this filter has never been used so it's clean right so these these two filters are both designed to capture the junk the dust the dirt that's in the air so you can breathe clean air right so So that the air conditioning system in your house doesn't get messed up and clogged up with all this stuff. So they're both designed to do that. Only one of them has done the job. This one's never had a chance. This one's actually done its job. Because it's got a bunch of stuff. If you look up close, you can see. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in that filter that's caught. It's kept out of the air. It's kept out of the air conditioning system. So it's done its job. What, What does your filter look like? Does your filter let everything pass through? There's nothing that's getting caught in it? Or does your filter have some stuff that's been captured in it? And so I would say, you know, there was that movie one time that I thought about watching. But I looked up, the, I looked up that rating. I, I looked it up on this Christian plugged in ChristianPluggedInOnline.com. I just searched what kind of element. Oh, man, that's, I, can't, I can't put that stuff in front of me. You know, I was about to click on that website. And instead of just doing it anyway, I, I was thinking, you know, I don't think that's a good place for me to check out. So I I didn't. My filter caught that. My friends were all saying, man you you should you should do this or you should watch that show and I I I was about to and then I thought well I don't know if that's noble and right and good I don't think I'm going to do that and your filter caught it well I'm just I'm just asking a question you got to answer but is your filter helping you I I put the lesson this way in, in your notes how good is my filter for what I follow how good is my filter for what I follow is it is it helping you See, if it's stealing your time away from following Jesus, if it's pulling you away spiritually, man, unfollow it. If it's causing you, whatever you're following, whatever you're looking at, whatever you're reading, whatever you're watching and listening to, if it's causing you to be more critical and selfish and lustful and envious and greedy, unfollow it. Just unfollow it. If it's messing you up spiritually, if it's keeping you from following Jesus, unfollow it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the filter. That's, it's very simple, but it's very hard to do. Disciplining ourselves is very challenging. But, you know, they say that there's two kinds of regret there's the, there's the, or two kinds of pain. There's the the pain of self-discipline and then there's the pain of regret. Two kinds of pain. The pain of self-discipline is short-term and it hurts me now because I have to discipline myself now to not do something that I might feel like doing, that I might want to do or that I see everybody else in the world doing, but I discipline myself now and there's fruit later, there's good later, there's progress later, there's growth later. Or I do what I feel like doing now. What's easier now, I take the shortcut. And then later, there's the pain of regret because I didn't discipline myself earlier. And there's not the growth and the fruit and the progress and all that. So what kind of pain do you want? One is short-term. The other one is long-term. The pain of regret lasts long-term. So choose the pain of self-discipline. You know, as we've been studying in this teaching series, it's, it's not just about unfollowing something. Because any pop psychologist, self-help book can give you that. Hey, man, you've been drinking too much, messing you up, stop drinking. <laughs> if you're getting high all the time, you're going to lose your job, unfollow that. Like anybody can tell you that, it's just common sense. But, but where the path of the gospel of Jesus and God's word separates from the path of help yourself, and where the real power is, it's not just unfollowing the hurtful things in life. It's that you're not just trying to unfollow something, your soul is hungry to follow someone. God created you to be in companionship with himself. And you, you see this dual message here. In, in James chapter 1, verse 21, where God's word says, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent. And, so not just unfollow all those things. You need to unfollow those things. But it says, and humbly accept the word, God's word, planted in you, which can save you. So allow God's authority, God's word, God's power to transform and change your life. Don't just unfollow the things of the world, but follow God, get in his word, let him transform you, let him change you. Sometimes though, I I think we feel stuck. And it's just, it's hard to get that breakthrough. We we do, we feel stuck. I was reminiscing of all all the amazing experiences we've had here. Uh, Think about the first time when we, we showed up the high school for a preview launch team gathering back in 2014 before we even launched in 2015 and and uh, we didn't have a couple trucks filled with stuff and there was uh, three of us guys who came and dropped off our families our kids unbuckled the car seats left everything here at the school and then drove down the street to this tiny little storage unit we had with a few little belongings we had as a church and we loaded them up into our our vehicles and we drove back over here to the high school and we didn't have carts or anything to roll them in on so we we carried the stuff in and we set it up in the one kids' class we had. And, and we set up the few dozen chairs for the few people that were going to show up you know, that day. And, and, and I, I remember those things. And I, I remember the life transformation. I remember the, the, the great uh, impact that's been made. And so many people, the, the fun elements that we've done, the creativity, the, the dances, the blow up bounce houses outside, all, all, the, all the fun things that we got to experience, the relationships that are formed. So many people know, uh, just leaving, seeing people leave after this past service and seeing you guys come in and, and, and hugging people and high-fiving people and, like, thinking about how many close relationships are represented in this church family now. Uh, and it's just beginning, but those relationships that we didn't even exist a few years ago. And now so many people say these are some of my closest friends in life. And it's just amazing. And, and the fun times we've had. Uh, rolling, uh, rolling in, setting up, you know, uh, early in the morning and then breaking down after the third service in the evening and people getting crazy and having a, a dance party spontaneously out in the lobby or grabbing the, the pipe and drape metal poles that we use and having a lightsaber battle, just seeing people having fun together. It's been such a joy for me. But there's also been some memories that were like, oh man, that, that was a tough day. I, I remember the day that I was driving the truck and one of our trucks uh, here to the school had all our gear inside, we're on a tight time schedule and that two and a half hours before the first service to get it all set up. And I remember coming in and didn't realize that there was no gas in the gas tank. We drive the thing like once a week. So just lost track of it and broke down on 580. And there I am like on Sunday morning with a truck that's out of gas. And I had to run real quick down to the gas station, buy a gas can, fill it up, come back, fill up the truck, and then get to the gas station and then get here. And somehow we still had service. I don't know how it happened, but God totally hooked us up. But that was not as bad as one time we were stuck. And we went to the truck yard to get the truck and the battery was completely dead. Like not just like it needed a jump, it was done. So we had to rush over to the store, buy the red battery, bring it back, switch it out from the truck's engine, get it all hooked up again, get the thing started, get here, get everything set up. And we still had service and nobody knew a thing had happened. It was just like crazy kind of stuff. There were so many times, like, pushing those big, heavy carts up onto the ramp, onto the trucks, when the, the wheels would buckle and break under the weight of all those metal bases and, and all the weight that was on the carts, and we would have to take a bunch of people and muscle these carts up onto the truck, and then the next week, muscle them back down into the concourse, get everything off the cart so we could fix it during the services so that we could load it up again at the end of the day. And there were so many times like that where we were stuck. and we had a problem, we were stuck. But I, but I think some of the more important times we were stuck was when, when people came in and they said, Hey, well, I'm, I'm struggling with something. I, I, I feel stuck in life. You know, the, the wheels are falling off. I feel, I feel stuck and, and I don't know how to get out of first gear. I, I'm out of gas. And, and, and seeing God breathe life into people. And, and maybe that's your story here today is you, you, you feel stuck and we're talking about self-control. You say, man, that's me. I'm, I'm out of gas. I'm stuck. I can't get any traction. And, I, and I, I guess a story, that, that something that happened to me that I want to encourage you with. Um, my, one of my mentors, Pastor Kevin Myers, pastor is one of the greatest churches in our country, 12 Stone Church up in Atlanta. Uh, one time I went to him and I said, um thank you for all your help in helping us get this church off the ground and get it started. I, I don't know how we would have done it without you. And he just looked at me real simply and he said, you wouldn't have to. <laughs> and that had just encouraged me so much. Yeah, I'm with you. You wouldn't have to do it by yourself. I, I got you. I got your back. No problem. I, I'm with you. And, you, you know, some of us are trying to tackle the self-control issues in our life on our own. We don't even realize that we still pray and go to church and all that. But we're really we're trying to change something inside of us on our own. And, and I just want to remind you, you don't have to. <laughs> Why would you? Like Because, because God is with you. And, and before you can change the physical, a lot of times there's a spiritual battle that needs to be won. And you can kind of find some tips and tricks from the world on how to become a little more disciplined or how to change a habit in your life. But the sustaining transformation of overcoming sin and dying to yourself and following Jesus, that's a spiritual battle that needs to be won and it needs to be won every day. But you don't have to do it in your own power because God has given you greater power. you got reinforcements. you got backup. You don't have to do it alone. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It tells us, for the spirit God gives us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So the spirit of God that's in you, if you're a follower of Jesus, gives you self-discipline. It helps you overcome the battles in life. It helps you in, in, your, in your needs and your greatest desires. It helps you become the person God wants you to be. So it's one in the spiritual. Start there. But it can't stay there. God always takes ground in the physical. He he starts in the spiritual, he takes ground in the physical, and he wants you to take a physical step. And so some of you, you have prayed, you've been praying for years, God, help me overcome this. God, help me get through this. God, help me, help me, help me. And God's saying, I want to help you, but I'm waiting for you to take a step. Because the spiritual has to eventually come into the physical, you have to make a decision. And so this lesson in your notes, I think, is really practically helpful. Build God-honoring boundaries before you think you need them. Build God-honoring boundaries before you think you need them. Set your limits. And, and if we're talking about media, set your limits on how much time you're gonna spend or what your moral limits are, what you're not willing to compromise on. I mean, here's the non-negotiable. I'm not willing to watch anything that's got this in it. Just that comes on, it's going off right away. If I find out it's in it, I'm not watching it. Set your boundaries before you think you need them. I'll be good. No, that's fine. I mean, I, it won't be a problem for me <laughs> until it's a problem, right? So, so build, build the boundary first before you turn on the power button before you pick up your phone. Before you type in Netflix, before you start going at that. And it, this is true for everything. That someone wrote down, you know, the financial issues, and, and we'll be able to tackle those later this, this fall as well. And, and, and you know, before you go out shopping or you pull up the Amazon app, you know, you know your budget. Budget seems restrictive, but it's actually freeing because then you can live inside that without the guilt and the worry and the fear and all that. You can you can know what your boundaries are. Set a boundary. If it's if it is substance abuse, know your boundaries, what the trigger points are, the people that you hang out with and the places you go that get you in that mess. I'm gonna build a boundary, I'm gonna stay away from. From that you know it, it's a it's a god-pleasing thing when god's people develop self self-control i heard someone talking about the fruits of the spirit one time and they were describing these nine different qualities and they're saying that you know love is at the beginning of the list and love really is first because if you think about it jesus said this is this is most important love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself corinthians 13 says the love is the greatest like that, that's the most important right right so that's first, and I think it was purposely first in that list of nine things, and love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, I think that was purposely first. And all, all those first eight things are very offensive and help you live for God, um, do great things for God, express God's love in the world, and how you should live for Him. But then that, that ninth one is, is more of a defensive thing. And, and I heard someone saying that that love is like the engine that propels you down the tracks, but the... The self-control at the end is like the caboose of the train that keeps it on the track and it keeps your life on track. It allows those other victories that come from those first eight things because if you don't have self-control, you might be a very loving person, but you can become a real messed up person. So you have to have self-control in your life in in order for all those other things to thrive. It's it's what allows you to succeed and accomplish all that God wants to accomplish in your life and, and in your spiritual life. But again, this is not just a lesson about unfollowing the things in our life, becoming more self-controlled to say no. That's very important. But there's something more important, I think, at play here. And the only thing that will satisfy, our Jesus, will satisfy our hearts is Jesus. The only thing that will satisfy our souls is Jesus. Because you are hungry for something. And if you're honest, like when you, when you start to go to media, a lot of times it's because I'm going to pick up my phone. I have a moment. My soul is wanting something. I'm restless or I'm, uh, I'm wanting to engage. I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to connect. I'm wanting to bring something into my life, some excitement, some adventure, some, 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 you know, something to capture my attention. My mind, my heart is like screaming out, hey, God, I want something. I'm restless. And a lot of times we pick up media instead of meeting with God. And it's really God that our heart is wanting. We're consumed by media, but what we really need to be is consumed by God's presence. Like, that's what you want. I'm just telling you, don't waste your whole life trying to figure out what you're looking for. So many people are looking for something, and they have never identified that what they're really looking for is someone. In fact, there's so many places that that says this in God's Word, but Psalm 42, verse 2. It says, my soul thirsts for God. It tells us right there, that's what your soul is thirsty for. For God, my God, my soul thirsts for him. Where can I go and meet with God, the living God? Where can I go and meet with him? I, I want to connect with the most powerful force in the universe. It's the creator God that created me, that knows me, that loves me, that cares about me. I mean, that God wants to be in your life and he wants you to experience his presence, not just one time a week in worship, not even just, if you're a committed follower of Jesus, a lot of us will read the Bible every day and pray, not even just in your time alone with God and then you leave it there on your nightstand. No, he wants wants you to experience his presence all day long. And in those little moments that you tend to pick up your phone, why not, instead of looking down at your phone, here's the lesson in your notes, before I look down, why not look up? I should look up. I mean, that's really the final lesson What this all comes down to. It's the media is pulling our attention away from and stealing our time from what we really should be engaged in. And that's following Jesus. See, it'll steal your time. But that's not the most dangerous thing. It steals your attention from loving your family and your friends. Media can steal your attention from impacting and serving your world. It, It can steal your time with Jesus. Again, I don't think you should abandon it. I try to utilize it in a way that's that's ministry-oriented, makes a difference. I'm a part of a lot of those things that we've mentioned today in media, but I I think my number one pursuit every day before I pick up my phone is to look up to Jesus. And, And if media is consuming your time, I wanna give you a challenge, and that's to let your time be consumed with the presence of God. Instead of looking down, I wanna challenge you this week to start a new practice of looking up, the first thing and the last thing you do every day and spread all throughout the day in between. Instead of looking down, look up. When you have a moment, now I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna spend time with you first, Jesus, and then I'm gonna go do what I need to do. But God, I wanna connect with you. I wanna love you. And I wanna follow you with everything I've got. So unfollow the things that are holding you back, but make sure your heart follows what will really fill your soul, and that's Jesus.
0: Right on. Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience worship original song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today. Move
2: Feel the